0: Hey guys, welcome back to Talking Deer Podcast. I'm actually coming at you with a solo episode. Joe's not here today, and I'm actually driving to work right now, so if you hear some road noise, that's just, you know, my car being a car. Anyway, I was going to talk to you today about a recent trip I took to Wisconsin this past weekend to hunt. It was my first out-of-state trip, and I had a a lot of fun, and I learned a lot, so I'm just going to kind of break down that hunt briefly and uh, hopefully you'll find some value from it and you can learn what I learned or maybe you already know this stuff, I'm sure you do. Anyway, I decided to go to Wisconsin even though I haven't filled my Missouri tag yet. And my reason behind that was, you know, Wisconsin's got a little bit of different terrain and a little bit of higher hunting pressure maybe. And I really wanted to just challenge myself and try to become a better early season deer hunter because I've struggled, I've never killed a buck in September and uh i've never killed a buck in the first half of october either so i'm i'm not a great early season deer hunter and i know a lot of people who are and have tremendous amounts of success early season so i just kind of wanted to improve as a hunter and then i also wanted to just scout around figure out what other hunting opportunities there are and have some fun in wisconsin so i wasn't necessarily hoping to shoot 180 inch deer on my first out-of-state trip especially being that i only had two days so I know a lot of people when they go out of state, you know, five days is probably kind of the minimum amount of time that they're looking at. Well, for me, I'm a little bit busy and I mean, I guess everybody is, but I just felt like for me, if I could get a long day or a long weekend in, um, that would be enough to kind of scratch that itch for now. And it ended up being technically a long weekend, but really it was, you know, I had Friday night, Saturday morning. Saturday evening and Sunday morning and that was it. So two morning hunts, two evening hunts and I had to get it done in that amount of time. But ultimately I, so how did I prepare for this trip? I did a lot of uh, scrolling around on Onyx, um, just looking at some public pieces that I thought caught my eye. One in particular in southwest Wisconsin and you know because I didn't shoot 180 inch deer, I'm not really afraid to tell you guys the area. I was focusing most of my efforts in the Bosco Bell slash Richland Center Lafard. I don't know how you even say it so I'm not going to try but that whole area is kind of where I was focusing my efforts um, in southwest Wisconsin I found some public some walk-in and there was one walk-in area that particularly caught my eye it was a conglomerate of private properties that were all adjacent to one another and made up Ultimately, about 1500 acres, which you know, in my mind, is a good sized property. I know a lot of times public properties are a lot bigger, but I was like, okay, that's enough elbow room for me to do some stuff. And with the walk ins, the shading on Onyx is a little bit lighter, so I was like, hmm, maybe the pressure will be a little bit lower there. One of my big things on this trip was to just try to get away from hunting pressure and kind of feel out how high the hunting pressure was because I always hear. Wisconsin has a ton of hunting pressure, it has a rich hunting culture, they have a million hunters, literally, and uh, so I think in everybody's mind, and I don't know if it's true or not, but Wisconsin is in the top three most highly pressured hunting states, which I I believe the only ones that would compete would be Michigan and Pennsylvania. Now, ultimately, Missouri is a really high hunting pressure state too, maybe top five or top ten. But I think Wisconsin's probably even higher. So I was just curious to see how am I going to get away from this hunting pressure. So I I brought a kayak and this property that I had scouted out in particular on on, uh, Onyx had uh, some water access. It had a creek running through the middle of it. It had egg fields on the outside and then a creek bottom on the inside. And, you know, if you know Wisconsin, the creek bottoms are always or almost always Accompanied with like some marshy swampy habitat and you know, I, I listened to some Dan and I think the guy's a killer Um, I don't know how he gets it done So consistently just hunting cattails like that But man, he is on to something so I kind of wanted to try my hand at a new habitat type like that I was like, hey, i'm gonna get into these swamps and these marshes And uh poke around try to get on whatever food source is hot and get away from hunting pressure So that's that's what I did. I drove up uh, Friday morning, got there Friday late morning. The first thing I did was go to a garage sale. <laughs> and I know that sounds funny, but I was driving by and I saw a guy in a camouflage shirt and I was like, all right, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to at least talk to him and just, you know, see what he says. So he's an older guy. Well, older, he, he was probably 60. And, uh, I said, you know, Hey man, how you doing? You know, what are you buying? Oh, okay, cool. All that stuff. And I was like, so do you hunt? And he goes all the time old time man you know in the northern I can't really do it but the northern accent and I was like oh okay he's like oh that's what I do for fun and I was like nice and he's like I was like do you hunt any public property and he's like oh no I don't want to get shot basically and I was like "Uh uh-oh sounds like the pressure is pretty high he's like no I just hunt the private you know behind my house and that's kind of what I ran into I talked to several people throughout the morning and it just seemed like there was a lot of hunting pressure okay don't don't get me wrong i'm not trying to say there's not a lot of hunting pressure but i think a lot of the pressure was just people hunting behind their house and i'm not saying that wisconsin has bad hunters i think some of the best hunters in the world are out of wisconsin i think there's a lot of guys who follow the hunting beast and dan and and use those tactics but i think there's a lot of guys who don't like i talked to another lady at her house who, uh, her and her son were there and apparently they just basically sit off their back porch they had planted some brassicas about 40 yards off their back porch It's just like yeah we have deer come down here and eat these brassicas so we just shoot them And uh, I, I think that there's a lot of guys who are like that hunting 30 yards off their house and then there's a lot of guys who are like the day and in type who aren't afraid to walk 2 miles through a swamp and I don't honestly think there's that much in between in Wisconsin that's kind of what I was seeing anyway so I, I from there went i asked him if he knew of any good areas he, he actually said well this area has some deer so i marked it on the map but i actually never ended up getting there sorry getting a sip of water and uh i ended up i was about 10 minutes from the place that i really wanted to hunt so i'll, I'll even just tell you this this place is called Knapp creek wildlife area And uh, I don't have that big of a listening that I think me saying that is gonna blow this place up. Anyway, so I drove to Knapp Creek Wildlife Area and I kind of drove around the property or at least the southern half. And what I was struck with immediately is the creek bottom wasn't quite as thick as I had hoped. Like there was definitely some cattails and some good bedding in there, but it was closer to the road than I felt like when I was looking at Onyx. Like I felt like I could almost look through the entire property And I was like, oh man, there's not a whole lot of habitat in there. And my goal is to get away from people. Well, people can walk in from the road just as easily as they could kayak down the creek. So I did scout that property. I parked. Oh, and where I parked, I noticed that there was... Tire tracks pulling in on the grass in the same place that I parked. So I was like, okay, here's some hunting pressure. Somebody else has parked in this exact same place. And sure enough, I walked in on, on a pretty beaten in trail. It wasn't like beat to the dirt, but you could tell there was a lot of foot traffic going through there. So I walked in, scattered around. There's definitely some hunter sign. There was definitely some deer sign too. I walked down the edge of a cornfield and it seems like probably at night, but there was some deer eating the corn. Then I finally got down in, in the cattail swamp and I actually did find a couple beds. But I didn't find a single rub and I didn't really find any fresh poop either and I didn't spook any deer that I know of either so for me I was like this is not the level of sign that I'm looking for this is not the level of habitat that I'm looking for I'm actually going to bail on the spot that I did the majority of the scouting for I had dropped about half a dozen pins in areas that I wanted to check out there and I'm going to go to one of my secondary spots so sure enough I bailed out of there And the next property that I checked was actually like 10 acres, a 10 acre public property, but it was part of a huge river system of properties, um, that were thousands and thousands of acres. And the only reason I checked the 10 acre part was because I was hoping it might be overlooked because it was, you know, a little bit separate from the rest of it. And I was like, maybe nobody really pays much attention to this. So I drove down there and I got out and, uh, I didn't get far before I was like, okay, yeah, this place is not overlooked at all i think there was a lot of deer in that area however i i just don't think it was worth me hunting because there was a ton of hunter sign so i was running into the classic wisconsin pressure situation so i, I got in there there was guys baiting apples they had a salt lick back there there was a beat in trail through the brush where they had been walking in and out some guy had made like a makeshift wooden stand back there and this is on a 10 acre property so i'm thinking all right i don't think this spot is worth me checking either now I'm getting a little bit stressed cause it's, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon, I'm going to have to be setting up soon. So I drive to the next property. I'm like, I'm basically going to have to hunt here. So I, I, you know, got ready to hunt, scouted my way in. And this property was somewhere in between the two in size. It was maybe between 100 and 300 acres. And, uh, I, so yeah, I, I, I grabbed my stand and my sticks. I was using a mobile setup and grabbed my bow and kinda scouted my way into this property it had an alfalfa field in. What I thought was really interesting with how much you know, hunting pressure I had been seeing and had been hearing about up to that point, the alfalfa field was right at the house basically. Well, as soon, oh, and it's a walk in, so that's why there's a home there. I talked to the lady, she was nice. She understood why I was there. Um, so I walked, I walked in through the alfalfa field and as soon as I got to the edge of the alfalfa field, I looked out and there was already a doe out in the field. So I was like, oh, that's actually a really good sign. And she didn't see me, but that was my first deer that I saw in Wisconsin. So I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. Anyway, I had a pretty interesting wind for accessing that property. You access from the south side, but I still had a south wind. So my access wasn't necessarily good. So what I ended up doing was walking up the east fence line um, straight to the north as far as I could. I bumped a deer near a creek bed there. Um, and golly, I was right on top of that deer when I bumped him. I don't know if it was a doe or a buck, but the way it was holding tight, I almost wonder if it was a buck and, uh, goodness, I was probably 10 yards from it whenever I bumped it and it blew out of this fence row into, into an open alfalfa field actually. And that fence row was so thick that I couldn't see whether it was a doe or a buck, but one second, I'm going to get another drink. Anyway, so that was cool Get to see that. I finally worked my way back past this cornfield, and there's this kind of U-shaped oak ridge that was what I was really wanting to check out, and the oak ridge is overlooking the cattail bottom on this uh, particular property. So my thought being, acorns are hot right now, the deer are gonna be bedded in these cattails in the swamps, and then they're gonna come up to stage in the acorns, and then they're either gonna hit the corn or the alfalfa in the evenings. So I was actually there's a lot of stuff I did on the strip that I was actually really proud of my first hunt being one of them Because that was pretty much exactly how it panned out The deer came up out of the swamps and fed on the acorns, but i'll get to that. I ended up setting up I saw a couple small rubs There wasn't a ton of buck sign, but again, it's september Basically the rubs that you're seeing now are just bucks rubbing their velvet off So a rub for me carries a lot more weight this time of year a fresh rub than any other time of year when I see a rub this time of year, I'm like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe a buck made this and shifted from his summer to fall pattern and he's not here anymore. But I know that within the last three weeks, there's been a buck right here. And I think that's just some nice information to know. So I set up on some rubs with some acorns falling and it wasn't long before I actually saw about four does down in the swamp below me. I could see the swamp below me. In fact, I could even shoot to it in a couple places. And, uh, I saw some does, um, working through the swamp and they never got into bow range. Then not long after that, I saw some bucks actually down in the swamp and that got me really excited. Now, all these bucks were very small. They were all year and a half olds. Well, they were you know, they were good bodies, but they, they were either spikes or forks. I think one was a six point and there was three, I think maybe three bucks down there. And while I was watching them, I actually had another buck walk up to me on the Oak Flat, or the Oak Ridge, I should say, and uh, it was, it was like a, basically a spike. Technically he had four points, but it was basically a spike, and uh, he walked well within bow range, I could have shot him, he got to probably 12 yards, never knew I was in his world, so that was extremely encouraging. Then over the course of the evening, I actually had a couple more does walk by me. Within well within bow range as well, so I could have shot a couple does. Now I'm feeling extremely encouraged. I'm like, man, maybe I will actually make something out of this hunt, you know? Anyway, I had a hunter walk up on me at about 5:30, so an hour and a half left to light, and uh, I was like, oh boy, here's that Wisconsin pressure again, because I was 800 yards back from the parking lot. So I thought, man, that's straight line distance. So I, I thought, man, maybe these guys are, you know, getting all the way through these properties and everybody's diving in and going deep but actually that's the only hunter I saw all weekend which you know maybe that's surprising maybe not but I had a good hunt I saw about 10 deer five of which were in shooting range and uh, I was extremely encouraged even though the biggest buck I saw was probably a six or seven pointer year and a half but I was like hey you know I'm, I'm in deer I'm doing good stuff but sadly that was probably the best hunt I had all weekend so Saturday morning I had planned to kayak in to that same property and go to the other side of the creek because it looked like there was an awesome, awesome oak flat that's a little bit more secluded. And I was like, okay, if there's small deer and small bucks and does in here, maybe the big bucks are back on the other side of the creek. Well, I slept in a little too late to do that. So I went back to a similar spot on Saturday morning and saw a couple does and that was it saturday evening was a total fiasco i decided to drive 45 minutes to a larger piece of public property that the state owned the wisconsin dnr and i tried to kayak in on a small creek and ended up having beavers so there was beaver dam after beaver dam so i kept trying to i would set my bow down get out on the beaver dam pick up the kayak set it over and i did this about four times i had to go under a log set my set my bow on the bank go under a log and you know at this point my feet are soaked and this is only after having carried my kayak 200 yards through some very thick brush and down a ravine to even get to the creek in the first place so I ended up deciding to bail on that idea so I I hauled the kayak back to the van strapped it to the van and then drove a half a mile down the road and accessed through a bigger creek and then finally walked into the area that I had picked out on a map which was a secluded couple like three or four oak trees in a swamp and I was like man if any of those oak trees are dropping acorns that could be absolute dynamite because nobody's going to want to you know trudge through this swamp well ultimately what I didn't know was there was actually a walking trail that went from the state highway in like right above the ridge through the swamp and then down kind of into it in the creek bottom so I got way back in there and then I see somebody camping back there and that, that was extremely frustrating so I ended up scouting through that area didn't quite find the sign that i wanted to set up on so i switched sides on the creek so ultimately i didn't end up needing the kayak in the first place and i walked up this ridge there's people riding horses it was just a mess man i ended up seeing a couple bucks and actually they were in a soybean field so for all the for all the stuff i hear about pressure in wisconsin and don't hunt field edges i know they were small bucks but they were still feeding out in the soybean field with you know an hour left to light so I scouted from 2 p.m. to 6.45 p.m. And I only had like, what, 18 minutes of shooting light left. So I ended up just sitting on my butt for the rest of the evening. Didn't see anything. And then I made the trudge back to the car. I lost my phone in the dark. And so I like went to check to see how close I was to the kayak. And uh, I was like, oh, no, I don't have my phone. Let me get a drink real quick. So, yeah, I, I was like, oh, no, like just sinking feeling like if I don't have my phone, like, you know, I grew up in, in an age where you kind of rely on your phone for navigation. So I was thinking I've never been to this place before. I'm not going to know how to get out of here. I'm just going to have to drive till I get to a gas station, buy a map and drive home, you know. So but I thought of this place where I, had, I was trudging through a little swampy area and my, my boots were sinking a lot. Actually, I was in Crocs, but my legs were sinking a lot. And so I was like, all right, I got to jump to the bank. So I, I kind of jumped out to the bank, and I was thinking maybe it fell out whenever I made that jump. So I had a headlamp with me, and I walked back about 250 yards to that spot. And uh, sure enough, I ended up finding my phone, thank the Lord. And so I bailed on that spot. I was like, all right, this is, this is not going well. So I ended up going back to the previous spot that I had actually had some success in and seen some, some dozens, some bucks the next morning. I slept in again till like 6. I was hoping hoping to get up by 4.20, 4.30. And I slept in again till 6. I was so behind on sleep at this point. So I, uh, I slept in and wasn't able to kayak in yet again. So I went back to a similar spot for a third time. And I actually kind of had an opportunity to shoot a doe. Now, I say kind of because I had planned on shooting a doe that morning if I had the chance. Just because I didn't really want to go home empty handed. It was my last hunt. And uh, she and her fawn came in and to be fair i probably could have shot them they were at like 40 yards but they were a little bit edgy so because when i first walked in i walked in from the bottom of the ridge and she could hear me so she blew but she she had some habitat between me and her or some foliage so she couldn't actually see me but she could hear somebody walking up the ridge so she blew a handful of times and i could hear them run about 20 yards back but i didn't feel like they were that spooked and i didn't feel like they would spook other deer that bad so i ended up just walking up the hill about another 30 yards and then setting up and I set up on the ground this morning so ultimately she and her fawn came back in like five minutes later and were feeding on acorns there was a particular I think it was a white oak tree that was dropping and by golly that's where she wanted to be so after hearing me walk up the ridge she came back then she came to 30 yards and I was you know honestly probably gonna shoot her Um, and I was kind of getting ready, getting set up, ranging her and stuff. And then all of a sudden she was already nervous because my wind was kind of wafting towards her sucking down the hill. Um, anyway, she, but she finally calmed back down and was eating acorns. And I was like, okay, this is going to happen. I'm going to shoot this deer. Well, then all of a sudden they run off down into the swamp, like just out of nowhere, seemingly to me. And then sure enough, a couple seconds later, here comes a coyote cruising down the ridge. You know how they are trotting. Um, and I was like, ah, that makes sense. So she was already nervous from smelling me, and now a coyote, you know, scared her off. There's no chance of her coming back, you know. Well, I was actually wrong. As soon as the coyote passed on the ridge, passed around the ridge, she and her fawn actually came back to the same tree. And I was just, that was a learning experience for me. Like, man, these deer, like, when they're on these oaks, especially does, like, this might not be the case for a, a six-year-old buck, but especially does, like, they want to be where they want to be and when they get scared like there's coyotes cruising all the time there's people walking all the time and they're running into this stuff all the time it's not necessarily like when they get spooked they get spooked out of the county so that was a cool learning experience for me anyway she came back i never had a shot um i ended up trying to stock up to them because i thought that they were i had the ridge between me and them kind of so i was like oh they're like 60 yards i'll make a stock well it turned out they were at like 40 yards and i closed like 20 yards and they were farther to my left than i thought so they were like I came around a tree and scared the crap out of them. Well, uh, ultimately, (laughs) they spooked off, and I was like, okay, they're not coming back from this one. So that was my Wisconsin hunting experience. Um, Definitely some hunting pressure there, but I feel like you can definitely get away from the hunting pressure. Oaks were really hot. They were a big key for me um, on this trip. That was fun, and interestingly, what ended up happening, even though I went to hunt a different habitat type, I was kind of drawn to the same habitat types that I hunt here in Missouri and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think I was kind of adapting to what the deer were doing and I was going to oaks that were close to bedding so it's not like I was just hunting an acorn flat like I would here in Missouri like that's at my spot. I was going where the sign was and I think that was a good thing. So there's a lot of stuff I did good on this trip that I'm proud of. Now the only thing that I probably would have changed is I would have bombed into that particular spot on the other side of the creek that I mentioned on the same property right away. That way I could kind of be like, okay, I kind of see what this property has to offer. Now I'm going to go check something else out rather than checking something else out on Saturday evening, like I did and having that whole fiasco. And then feeling like I wasted a hunt. I feel like if I had gone into the best stuff on the property that was actually producing deer um, first and then check out some other spots. So ultimately what I'm trying to say is don't leave deer to find deer. But yeah, I learned a lot. I still have a tag in my pocket. The cool thing about Wisconsin is for first-time buyers, um, your out-of-state tag for Wisconsin is only $80. So that's one of the reasons I chose Wisconsin. Um, I probably should have gotten into that at the beginning of the podcast. But yeah, I chose it because it's cheap. It does produce big deer, even though there's a lot of hunting pressure. They're just hard to find. And so yeah, I wanted a challenge and that's what I got. So maybe I'll be back, but that was kind of my wisconsin hunting experience oh man i try to think of what else to say yeah i mentioned i wore crocs that's because if i wore rubber boots my rubber boots would have just filled up with mud and would have been worse off so my crocs were kind of a key for me and yeah i guess that's about it um thanks for listening i know solo episodes sometimes aren't quite as interesting so if you listened all the way to this point I really appreciate you. Um, You can reach out to me on social media and let me know um, if you like this format, because I can do these at any time. You know, I'm just driving to work right now, and I can do this anytime and get these out a little bit more consistently, maybe podcast with Joe just once a month. Joe's starting harvest, I think, yesterday, so he'll be pretty busy for the next couple weeks. Um, That's not to say I can't get with him and, and record a podcast after work or something, or maybe even while he's driving to or from work, but... Um, ultimately, let me know if you like this format. I know it's different. It's not quite as fun having a dynamic of, you know, two people bouncing off each other. And, you know, you guys know Joe. I mean, he's awesome. So uh, I always appreciate when he can hop on. But we haven't been able to link up for quite some time. Um, but, yeah, deer season's rolling here in Missouri. Actually, I should mention that I did shoot a, a Missouri doe on um, my way back from Wisconsin. So I, I was going home empty-handed, and I was like, well, I'm going to be driving right by the farm which is my home farm where I learned how to hunt. And so I stopped by and shot a doe. Um, She actually saw quite a few does. I saw like eight does that evening. Um, It was a hanging hunt. I was planning on just finding a hot, a hot oak tree like I was doing in Wisconsin. One that was dropping acorns. Well, what ended up happening is I saw that the neighbor's bean field was still green, like real green. So I was like, well, that's going to be hot right now because nobody else has green beans. Really. I mean, occasionally you'll see one, but um, I decided to just kind of hunt close to that bean field between bedding and there and then i also was on an oak tree that was starting to drop acorns so i kind of had a lot going for me and sure enough that's basically what ended up happening the does were working from bedding to that green bean field and there was actually does in the bean field whenever i shot the one that i did and i shot her a little back 35 yard shot and uh she didn't go far though she she ran across the creek and then died there so I got her pulled out by myself, which was a huge hassle, and got her cleaned up. We got some meat in the freezer. So the Missouri season is officially underway, and it was good to break the ice in that way. Anyway, thanks again for listening, guys, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Um, God bless.